Welcome to Couch Time. I am your host, Susie, a licensed marriage and family therapist, joined by my co-host, Janet, licensed clinical social worker. Thank you for joining our show where we dive into topics like mental health and relationship wellness, along with sharing our experiences and lessons learned on our road to licensure and building a private practice. You can connect with us at roadtowellness.co and susiehologian.com, where you can also find show notes for this episode. Welcome to Couch Time Podcast. My name is Janet, and I am joined by Susie today. Hi, Couch Timers. So today we're really excited. Another hot topic we're talking about, we're going to be talking about Kourtney Kardashian's engagement to Travis Barker. Yeah. Surprising. Shocker, right? I think so. You know, I didn't know that these two would be such a hit, such a duo. Yeah. And to be honest, I think everyone is loving it. I think partly because this is so out of her, like her norm a little bit Mm -hmm. and it progressed really quickly, at least, at least from what like my, like knowing of the timeline is. Well, I think, and we're going to talk about this. Part of it just has to do with just the fact that, you know, previously she was with Scott Disick, her baby daddy for so long They Mm -hmm. never got engaged. They never got married. And with Travis, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been about a year or I think a little bit less than a year Mm -hmm. and it just moves so quickly. So we're going to be talking about starting over kind of in your forties. We're going to be talking about how to let go of a negative X. We're going to be talking about codependency and how to come out of that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of topics here related to this engagement to Courtney. Yeah. I mean, Courtney has broken out of at least what it feels like with this engagement, a lot of cycles that she's been stuck in and that fans have kind of been following up with for a really long time. Absolutely. I think for me, and of course, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. We don't know Courtney, of course, we don't know the ins and outs of her life and her relationship. We don't know her psyche or her psychology, but at least from what she presents and how the family talks about her in interviews, it sounds like she's the happiest she's ever been. Mm -hmm. So I think that's incredibly inspiring because, you know, we get these old messages, I think particularly as women that when we get older, we're kind of done that our best years are in our youth. And I love how so many women right now, including Courtney are showing us that we can have so many different lives. We can start over in our forties. We can have a new beginning that we don't have to be defined by any mistakes that we made in our twenties and thirties, you know, and I really love that. Yeah. It really feels like one of those like antiquated like stereotypes that have just been consistently applied to women and it hasn't changed with the times when it should have, right? Like marriage timelines look different. Having children looks different. Starting families is on a different timeline than what it used to be 20, 30, 50 years ago. So the fact that those expectations and the judgments haven't really shifted with the changes in those trends is really a shame. I think so, but I do think that it's starting to change because at least a lot of the women that in the celebrity world, of course, and I know it's mm-hmm. different, you know, these, these women have a lot of money. So I know it yeah. sort of you have to recognize things. that Courtney is not the same as like any other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. She, she's a little different. (laughs) She's living her best life. Not that we can't either. It's just a little bit different in terms of means and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I was going to say, like, I've been following a lot of women who it sounds like are stepping into their own a little bit later in life, like in their forties, like, and you know, I'm not in my forties yet. I'm still in my thirties, but that's what I hear. You know, every time you step into, I feel like a new decade, the more confident I feel Mm -hmm. like you become. So I hear a lot of wonderful things about being in your forties and becoming more self-confident, not giving, if you know what I mean Yeah. (laughs) about what other people think. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. And I wonder if, and obviously we don't know the like personal growth and like interpersonal work that Courtney has done, but I really wonder if, if the like negative cycles that we're about to talk about and kind of processing and recovering from them and, and really being mindful and, and present with them has helped contribute her to be able to like build on this confidence, build on new relationships and really not give a, you know, what about what other people are thinking? Yeah. There is a lot of negative like flack about this. And I think we should also talk about how different the public has viewed Courtney's relationship versus all of Scott's relationships. Oh yeah. I mean, double standards. Mm-hmm. And with regards to, to their relationship, Courtney and Scott, of course it's complicated. Of course, there's a lot to it. They have children together. Mm -hmm. So I imagine, you know, they do their best to be respectful of one another in that sense. They've also lived a lot of their relationship in the spotlight under scrutiny. Oh yeah. When the reality show started, I think Mm -hmm. that's when they first started dating. So they've been in front of the limelight for everyone to judge this whole time. So it's, it's been a lot, it's been a lot. And I, I give kudos to both of them actually for really putting it out there like that. Right. What I'll say is, you know, at least from what we've observed, it sounds like Scott, unfortunately has had challenges with addiction. It sounds like at least from what the show shared has had challenges with grief. You know, he lost both of his parents really close together. Actually, it sort of happened one after another. And it sounds like in their relationship that there was also struggles with fidelity, you know, and maintaining faithfulness in different time periods in their relationships. So they've been through a lot of challenges and ups and downs. And so what I'd love for us to discuss is at least from our speculations, from what we've observed, it sounds like there were a lot of toxic behaviors that have happened. And it also sounds like to me, at least that there was quite a bit of codependency and potentially some enabling behaviors going on. What do you think? I, I would have to agree. I think you can almost, and I say this with caution, not knowing either of them, but you can see a clear arch of that codependency for both of them. And I think that's apparent in a lot of back and forth relationships too, especially when there has been, have been those things that you mentioned. Right. And it's not an easy cycle to break. And I think there's so much comfort and safety in codependency, in familiarity, in a relationship that does have those cycles, toxic or not. And so I think a lot of times like people outside of the mental health field kind of always question, well, why does someone stay? Why do they continue? Right? So what is it in that that keeps them drawn in? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, a lot of that has to do with potentially 
a desire to fix or a desire to rescue. And oftentimes we learn that potentially in childhood, like as Mm -hmm. children, we learn that perhaps our parents weren't happy. And if only we did X, Y, Z, they would be better. Or one of my parents or both of my parents were addicts. As long as I'm a good little girl or good little boy, my parents are going to be okay. So it's a lot of that, unfortunately, is developed in childhood. I don't know mm-hmm. Courtney's ins and outs of her childhood, um, but I would bet that something happened or something went on in her childhood life that impacted her on an emotional level, where now as an adult woman, she had challenges letting go of a toxic partner in right. many ways. And and taking on that responsibility Yes. And it feeling like a personal responsibility to do so. Sometimes yes. it feeling like you're the only person that can do so. Yes, yes. And I can recall so many instances on the show when, you know, the sisters would be talking about it and talking about his challenges and saying things like, well, you know, if if he does this, you know, everything will be okay. Or if I if I can help him in this way then things can hopefully get better. And I I don't just want to put this on Courtney. I mean, of course, Scott is the one that had the challenges, the issues for sure. And I imagine he didn't make it easy either. I imagine, you know, he tried many times to sweet talk Courtney into staying. I imagine he made promises, right? That weren't necessarily always true. And Courtney, of course, clearly loved him. They have children mm-hmm. together. So we want to have hope that our partners are telling us the truth, that they are getting better, that they plan to stick to their words. But sadly, you know, in this case, we saw that there were just unfortunately repeated unhealthy behaviors. So right. it's it's a cycle, like you said. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of that belief, right? And wanting to believe those words, the promises, even though there might be a clear pattern of them never coming to fruition. There's also a lot of believing those like magic situations of happening of like, if X happens, then, then things will be fine. If, if blank comes true, then, or, you know, if I do this one thing, then everything is going to change. And there's a lot of twists in that. There's a lot of, again, like taking on that responsibility. It's not just taking on the responsibility of like being able to fix a situation, but it's also, you mentioned enabling earlier, but taking the responsibility away from your partner, from the person that you may be in a toxic cycle with. Yeah. We have to do our internal work too. And hopefully Courtney did do this of identifying what is our part in this. And again, when I think about the show, I can remember situations where there was a clear, some sort of a betrayal or something really negative happened. And essentially, you know, Courtney would kind of allow Scott back into her life shortly, quickly after that. Maybe they would take like a week off from each other and then it would just be back to the same thing. Like nothing happened. And that's a common experience in codependency in these toxic abusive cycles Because again, something happens where it's a betrayal or it's some sort of a rupture. There might be a blowout, right? False promises or good Mm -hmm. behaviors start happening. And then there's a period of small normalcy for a little while. And then that rupture happens again. And then the cycle repeats. So for Courtney, 
if if she were my client, I would certainly work on having her understand her part in maybe not having boundaries or true consequences, right? And also allowing this person back in their life. But I don't want to say that in a punitive way because mm-hmm. to come out of abusive cycles, on average, it takes, and I'm going to say for women, women about seven tries to finally leave. I mean, it's such a difficult situation to leave. And it's complicated because on the one hand, we hate what's happening, but on the other hand, we love the person and have empathy for the person. So I just want to preface that it's not easy and I don't blame her for, you know, being in that cycle for many years. Right. And there were a lot of external and internal factors that really contributed to that as well. Obviously having children makes it Mm -hmm. a lot more difficult and adds a lot of like complicated and complex layers to that being on a show together the Mm -hmm. whole time. Right. And I'm sure the, the culture and expectations of them constantly filming their reality TV show is adds a lot of expectations, right. And adds, adds a lot to that cycle. Right. And I also think for a lot of people, they, they think that there's a perfect time to rupture that cycle or to interrupt that cycle. And there really isn't. No, there's always going to be a reason not to. Mm -hmm. What about the kids? You know, what about their wellness? What about our finances? How do we split that? I mean, so many things come up, but you're right. There's never a perfect time to do it. Right. Yeah. That also brings me to sort of my next point on, and hopefully Courtney did this. I imagine she's probably been in therapy, but looking at our internal core beliefs on rescuing and saving, realizing that it's not our job to do that, that ultimately it's the person's responsibility Mm -hmm. to support and save themselves and heal themselves. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that Courtney doesn't take on that responsibility and that the entire family doesn't take on the responsibility and that they have better boundaries. Right. I think the fear of that is that you're going to be a failure, right? Which is that continued thought that it, that it is your responsibility. And so I do imagine that Courtney being able to move forward, you know, I don't know if I would say that she's moved on. We don't really know how things are for her, but to be able to continue to be able to build new relationships and really expand on them. She has to have had some internal change. Oh yeah. It seems that way that there's been an internal shift within her. So it sounds like she's done her, her growth process. And if we talk about Scott, what do you think about him? (laughs) I think Scott is fighting some demons. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. We haven't seen him that much or as much on reality television since Mm -hmm. it sounds like he took a step back a little bit. Yeah. There was also a point afterwards where every single one of his relationships or romantic encounters were blasted just everywhere, pretty publicly on social media. I think at the time there was still, you know, mentions of it on the show when that was still active as well. So, you know, I think like that has probably also slowed down his progress and and forward movement and growth. If, if he has sought that out, I don't know, Janet, I think the man's struggling. I think so too. The one aspect that I feel bad about that this, I believe this was on the show and also on media outlets is 
It sounds like he did try to go to some sort of a rehab or some sort of like a program where he could get mental health support and somebody, I don't know if it was like a participant or even like a counselor there, unfortunately leaked it Mm -hmm. to the public, which that is a huge violation that should not happen, period. I mean, ethically, it's just so, how do you do that for someone who- is seeking help, who has finally reached a place where they can have contained boundaries. I know. And then that happens and it's like a betrayal. And then it it unfortunately reinforces like, oh, I can't do this work. I can't Mm -hmm. trust anybody. It's not safe for me to feel my feelings. I mean, whatever it is that goes through his mind. So I do feel really sickened and I feel bad for him on that lens. And I do hope that he finds another way to get the help, maybe find another group or just an individual therapist he can work with. But I I think he's struggling. I don't know if he truly processed the loss of his parents. I don't know if he processed, you know, his breakup with Courtney and, and having a change in that family dynamic. I don't even know if the man's processed his time on reality TV and how that could have been traumatic for him. Yeah. I don't think that's something that really gets mentioned or talked about even on that whole experience, whether it may have been traumatic or not, but it's such a, such a different experience than, than I think what the average human being experiences in life. Mm -hmm. And there has to be like different nuances to that and how that affects someone's mental health, their self-expression, their understanding of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great one to point out. For sure. And I mean, again, his addiction and his infidelities played out on the show. So I can't also imagine what it's like to have my demons just like blasted out there for everyone to judge me. So I certainly have compassion for that. I also want to talk about who he's chosen to date following Courtney. He's, he's Mm. dated some young women. He's had a bit of a pattern. Yeah. Like I believe his last two girlfriends were like 19, 20. He's a man in his, correct me if I'm wrong, like late thirties, right? Mm -hmm. Mid thirties. I believe so. On the surface level. I don't know that we can judge that. We can just say something like, well, you know, the, the man fell in love with these women who are we to judge that? And yeah, on some level, that concept is correct. But at the same time, we want to look at there's a pattern there. And it sounds like he's sort of kind of instinctively chosen women a lot younger than him. Mm -hmm. Why might that happen? I think it depends on what he's internally really going through right now. I think one can maybe say, maybe that's kind of a thrill seeking phase. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the excitement and pace of maybe the lifestyle that he is currently battling fits better with a younger crowd. Right. So that could, I don't know if that could necessarily be one of them. I also wonder if part of it is like hiding away from or avoiding the seriousness of a long-term relationship, which could obviously be, you know, fallout from everything that happened with Courtney, mm-hmm. all, all the back and forth, the, the yeah. seriousness that it ensued. So I don't, those two come to mind for me, 
but yeah, it's so hard to say without knowing like what he experiences from these relationships. Right. So what does he get from them? My sort of educated guess is he's clearly got game, you know, so he's, he's clearly charming. He's clearly attractive. So of course, women of all ages, I think would be drawn to him. He's got money, right? I'm not saying that these women chose him for that, but you know, there are certain aspects of his lifestyle that are attractive. I would say, I personally think that maybe on a subconscious level, I don't know if he's consciously doing this, but subconsciously he's choosing women that are younger than him because young women are not going to challenge him Mm -hmm. in a way that perhaps an older, more experienced woman will, you know, because even though these women, I imagine they're intelligent, they're smart, they're attractive, all of that. But as a young, as a young woman at that age, like we're still learning, we don't know what we're doing when we're dating. And so I don't think that they would necessarily challenge him in the way that let's say like Courtney has done throughout the relationship. And that's part of it. I also think because again, Scott is someone who struggled with addictions, you know, grief, all of that. There's a saying in trauma that even though we hit like a biological age, sometimes developmentally we're stuck at a certain age. And I almost feel like he's kind of going through that, that like developmentally, maybe he is more like a 19, 20, 25 year old versus his age in his Mm -hmm. mid to late thirties. And if we even think about it, he started the show, the reality show in his early twenties, right? 23 or something like that. And I think potentially he's stuck at that age, at that mindset, because he hasn't processed what he's been through in his life. That's very possible, especially with all those complex traumas that he experienced throughout the age of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So the encouragement for Scott, you know, is, is to slow down, you know, do, do some therapy, get into sort of a recovery program to deal with the addiction, work on the grief and loss. I mean, there's a lot, of course, find somebody that you can work with whom you trust Mm -hmm. because that's the only way that these things can get better. Right. And for him, for their co-parenting in the future, for the children, I think he owes that to himself and them too. Oh yeah. He owes the children to be excellent examples of a balanced person and being a balanced dad. Mm -hmm. I wanted to also talk about going back to Courtney and Travis, you know, this idea on how do we define a healthy relationship? And again, we don't know them, but from what I surmise, it sounds like they bring out the best in each other. It sounds like they enhance one another's lives that recently the news reported that Travis took his first airline flight in years since his own traumatic plane crash that he survived. And I thought that was so beautiful because she supported him through his fear, that intense fear. And I truly believe relationships need to do that. Like they need to bring out the best in each other. Yeah. And I think a lot of them succeed in doing that by allowing each other to be independent while being successful in the relationship. And, you know, this feels like it resonates perfectly with describing the codependency that Courtney has had in the past. But I feel like they both have this chance to not 
And maybe it is because there isn't this responsibility or, or taking on the role of being the fixer for each other. I don't know if that's exactly what's going on for them, but helping foster that growth and being able to be yourself in the relationship and not having these like external factors pulling them away. You know, I wonder if not being a part of like reality TV as like intensely right now has contributed to that for Courtney, at least. I think so because she's even said on the show that she doesn't want to air out her personal laundry anymore and she needed a break. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like during the show, she wasn't as, you know, in the cameras as everyone else seemed like they wanted to be. Yeah. So that has been something that she's kind of been trying to, you know, inch toward, but it really seems like it it, almost like her wings are kind of open right now and she's able to breathe and just be. I would agree with that. I also have a sense too that speaking to what you said about allowing each other to be who you truly are, allowing each person to sort of be independent, you know, with Scott, it sounds like she had to, she felt like she had to mold herself, you know, to try to fix or to try to save him. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like with Travis, there's a bit more freedom just to be Courtney. Yeah. And, and we all need that. If we feel like we have to be this specific role in a partnership outside of who we truly are, that impacts our wellness and how we feel in the relationship, you know, and it could, could speak to, again, she's in her forties now she's truly come into her own and accepted a lot about her life and herself. That could be part of it. It could just be that they're both mature, have tried other relationships in the past, have their own kids. You know, there's so many factors with that, but I, I love how it seems as though they, it seems that they, they enhance one another's life versus bogging down one another's life. And that's amazing. Right. I mean, that's a relationship goal right there. Mm-hmm. For sure. I often get asked too, like, what makes a relationship healthy? And and I'll often say this, like, well, do you guys feel like you enhance one another's lives or Mm -hmm. do you guys feel like you bring each other down or feel worse in the relationship? I mean, that's such a good question for, I think, anyone to ask themselves. And if you find that the answer doesn't suit what you want, it doesn't mean that it's irreparable or that somehow it's a bad relationship, but it also gives you guiding points on what to work on. And can Mm -hmm. you create space in your relationship where you can enhance for each other? Mm -hmm. This sort of brings up a completely separate point, but I, I remember reading, I think it was an article or a quote about a man saying that he's been married to the same woman, but they've had like eight different marriages. Mm -hmm. And I love that saying, because He's speaking to the fact that it sounds like his wife has evolved and changed in so many ways and has been so many different people in the relationship because of perhaps her own growth and evolution. And I think that's a principle that we need to hold on to as well, that if we are in a long-term relationship, we can't expect the person to be the same old person throughout the whole relationship that we are going to evolve. You're going to have a different relationship and a different partnership in time. And how can we embrace that? How can we allow our partners be free in that versus holding them inside like a little box? Right. 
And, and not adapting to life transitions. I think really it's scary to do so when you feel change happening, but it's harder to do so if you keep applying a previous vision of who you're supposed to be with your partner, of what your relationship is supposed to look like, but mm-hmm. everything else around you is changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when people start feeling that stuckness or feel that like the the spark is lost, right? Because it's the it's the inflexibility in adapting to each other and adapting yeah. to the changes that naturally just happen in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes as you go through personal growth, as you know, you might develop a family, as kids may grow older and and move out and have their own families. Yeah. And you can't expect to be who you were when you first got married. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. I don't think so. I think we and I, all I don't think we would want to. No, because if I think about myself in my early 20s, I'm thinking to myself, okay, thank goodness I grew from <laughs> those experiences. I could not imagine being the same person. And it's also really exciting because I think, oh, what will my life look like in my 40s? How will I feel? How will I feel about myself? You know, and I think that's also a very exciting prospect. Yeah. It won't have to become stale, right? Mm-hmm. You get you get to grow with it and you get to grow with someone that you care about. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. So we wish the best of luck to Courtney and Travis. We wish the best of luck to Scott in his life and his recovery process. Thank you so much for being a part of our discussion here. And if you guys have any other relationships you want us to dissect, please let us know. Please DM us. I'm on Instagram at therapy with Janet B. And I'm on Instagram at sessions with Susie. Thank you guys so much for listening today and we will catch you on our next episode. Are you in a long distance relationship? Is it difficult to find people who just get it? We know for us, it was challenging to feel understood and supported. That's why we created a collection of worksheets and guides for how to navigate long distance. You'll find information like how to communicate with your partner, how to keep things spicy, and how to discuss your values and closing the distance. This is totally for you. Head over to www.suzyhalajian.com shop to pick up your own copy and learn the skills to empower your relationship. Thank you for joining us today on Couch Time. You can find show notes for this episode linked in the description along with all our references and resources mentioned today. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next one. We will chat again soon. Bye.